0: Hey there, boys and girls, it's Ralph Garman, and you're listening to Talking Codswallop. Good choice.
1: Hey, I'm Alicia Witt. I'm Daniel Portman from Game of Thrones. I play Project Pain. I'm Ellipses, and you're listening to the Talking... (laughs) Okay, I'm Mark Bernard, and you're listening to the Talking Codswallop
0: podcast on the new pod, World Order Network.
1: Hey, man, it's Kevin Smith, Silent Bob, whose voice you were never used to hearing in the 90s until I started opening it up, man. And that's because I'm a podcaster, and you're listening to a podcast... Talking Cod Swallow, right here, man.
2: Welcome to this week's Talking Cod Swallow. With me today, I have a writer, a filmmaker, a podcaster, plus the awesome dude behind the audio and media tech behind Hollywood Babylon. Hello, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you very much for having me.
2: (laughs) I should really say your name. Is it, uh, how do you say your last name?
0: Rausch, R-O-U-S-H.
2: Okay, so it's Josh Rausch that we've got here. In,
0: In German, it means to be tipsy.
2: Ah, okay. So it's quite appropriate. So are you regularly tipsy then?
0: Uh, Yes, yes, I'm a bit of an alcoholic.
2: (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Then we're going to get on like a house on fire because I'm drinking (laughs) wine right now. (laughs) Oh, nice. I'm still on
0: coffee, but give me about a half an hour. It's only noon my time.
2: Well, I've got this theory that it's 12 o'clock somewhere. So, you know, there's no early time. Fair point. So if it's it's 9 a.m., then, you know, Australia definitely will be, you know, in those times when you can have a drink. So just work on those times.
1: <laughs> That's true.
0: <laughs>
2: well, thank you very much, first of all, for saying that you wanted to be on the show.
0: Happy to be here.
2: Things that I wanted to talk about. I mean, first of all, because I am a massive like Hollywood Babylon fan, but I'm going to abbreviate it down to HBO. So I haven't got to keep saying the whole thing copy how did you actually first get involved with the audio and you know the media side of things with that
0: well it's uh it's a long story but i'll do my best to make it brief um i've been working with kevin for a long time uh i was a fan at first and he had this uh message board called the view askew board Mm -hmm. and i uh he had a poker game and i started going to these like fan poker games and kind of got to know them. And then when they started uh, shooting *Audio uh, Hollywood Babylon for the first time, I volunteered for a guy named uh, J.C. Reifenberg's company who was doing it. Uh, they were doing it pro bono at the time just to see if they could make something of it. And uh, through uh, volunteering, eventually I got to become part of the company. Um, almost, I mean, vice president for lack of a, a better word. And uh, I started actually shooting it. So if you see all those original Hollywood Babylon Babel visions, you can usually see the 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 profile of a fat asshole on the side of the stage, oh, and that's you. me shooting crowd cam.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I'm sure you're not a fat asshole. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it's very kind of you to say.
2: <laughs> well, you look lovely in your photo. I will, you know, might take a screenshot and put this up.
0: <laughs> Please do. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's how I kind of got my my foot in the door with Hollywood Babylon, and then uh, you know, eventually just became uh, friends with Ralph. And you know, uh, once DJ James left, there was a, a void, so he gave me like a one day seminar (laughs) a one show seminar on how to do it and took it over after that
2: oh fantastic i've actually got i've got a few listener questions because obviously you saw that i put out a tweet but i also put one on facebook as well but as we're on the topic my friend well i'm gonna call him by his recording name so his name is squee
0: is that uh, off of the Jonan Vasquez comment?
2: Oh, you'd have to ask him. I have no idea.
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Love Squee.
2: What's the biggest challenge running the board on the HBO show? Ooh,
0: um, I would say just because now we're shooting every episode that I do, it is uh, keeping the list going, you know, the set list, for lack of a better term, and keeping track of where you're at while running audio visual cues, but keeping an eye on the cameraman, to make sure he doesn't need anything from you. To make sure that his views unobstructed. To make sure that uh, basically, you know, there's there was a few times when we have uh, drunken, over enthusiastic fans, and good on them. Uh, <laughs> but they're jumping up and down in their seat, and the, the camera shakes like it's Starship uh, Enterprise.
2: <laughs> oh God, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine that that is got to be an absolute nightmare. I mean, you know, when you hear them on the audio. You know, it's quite often you're just like, "Oh, shut up!" You know, like if you, <laughs> yeah. If you were actually there, you probably would actually be heckling that person and actually shouting "Shut up!" at that point. So it,
1: exactly
0: right. <laughs> but yeah, I would say it's the the multitasking of it, just because you have to have your uh, you know the cameraman's obviously got his own job, but it's keeping track of everybody you're kind of like the conductor of an orchestra
2: yeah of course and of course if anything messes up you've got then the added stress of a drunk ralph garman who actually might yell at you <laughs> or regularly <laughs> got, yells I've at you i
0: used to that <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Do you pity people that when they're on the road, the people that have to look after the show?
0: Oh, I do. I really do. And it's, uh, I, I always try to have at least a half an hour of phone conversation with them. And I try to explain in detail and I send them over test shows. And it never, I mean, I i, I don't actively listen to the podcast, but well, I'm not part of it. I'm actually not a big podcast listener. Okay. But when I do hear the ramifications occasionally, and <laughs> yeah. uh, its it, it can be pretty funny. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think there was one called Brian, wasn't there? uh... There was. Yeah, I heard a lot
0: about poor Brian.
2: Yeah, Yeah. you kind of pitied him at the end, didn't you? It was just like...
0: Yeah, I felt quite bad for him.
2: (laughs) So with regards to obviously you're based in the hottest part of the world at the moment, so LA. Are you at 110 degrees or something crazy like that? (laughs)
0: today it's supposed to be 102 a paltry 102
2: okay a paltry yeah um because we're actually it's a really rare day today well it's been a really rare week because in the uk it's been in the 90s and that is unheard of so um i'm being very kind to you at the moment and i'm uh, talking to you in fahrenheit not in uh i
0: appreciate that yeah
2: (laughs) Um, i'm kind of used to it my wife's
0: australian so i'm used to uh hearing a lot about the celsius
2: Oh well, that's all right then. So, um, but in in Celsius, that's I think it was about thirty two degrees. So, okay. Uh, yeah. That, it, that's unbearable. Basically, I was sitting on the wall earlier, and I thought I was actually going to get stuck to the wall because it was so hot. Jeez. Oh,
0: <laughs> I was in London last year, and it was uh, kind of also unseasonably warm, and it was it cracked me up because the local parks were just filled. With like people that were just sunbathing, yeah, and it was just like like you know person to person, you couldn't walk through the park for how many people were there sprawled out.
2: Yeah, it's because we're programmed to make the most of the weather when it actually is around. Fair enough, because this is the rainiest country in the world, so. Uh- you know, probably rainier than Seattle. So, uh,
0: wow. Okay.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I know that's pretty rainy, isn't it? By sort of that is. Yeah, from knowledge of films and stuff like that, I've never been. But so obviously you're in LA at the moment. But is that where you actually originally come from? No, I
0: originally come from a small podunk town uh, called Middletown, Ohio. Okay. And uh, that's uh, I couldn't tell you the population, uh, but it's it's quite small. And uh, as soon as I turned 18, I started plotting to get out of there. And at 19, I moved to California.
2: And what kind of inspired the career that you've chosen to do now? Um,
0: I don't know if that came out correctly
2: or not. Oh, no,
0: definitely. Definitely. You're very well spoken. Thank you. Um, I I would say Kevin Smith above all else. You know, Clerks specifically. Uh, I just figured, you know, if he could do that on that budget, uh, anybody could do anything on anything, because I love the film, it's fantastic, and it was shot for less than 30k, so that was probably my biggest inspiration to move out to California and uh, go into film, although my first aspirations were were uh, music, and I had a lot of bands the first few years, because I oh. loved Orange County punk rock.
2: I love, I love rock and metal and punk, that kind of music, so... Yeah, sure. that's a very good choice.
0: But yeah, my, my thought was always uh, there's a lot of figureheads in a band. And when it comes down to film, you can kind of uh, you know pick and choose the people around you a little bit more than having to have four personalities at one point, you know, go to practice twice a week and play shows. So I think film was a bit more of a natural fit for me.
2: Yeah, also in a band, I can imagine that it's for big egos as well.
1: Exactly.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, very strong personalities in that sense. So, yeah, you've got to have a level head or, or drugged. Both <laughs> help. Yeah, I'm sure they do. So did you, like, with regards to the bands, what kind of bands were they?
0: Uh, punk rock. I was in a band called Piss and Blood for a few years. <laughs> um, they actually got a recording contract about the time I left, go figure. Uh, But we toured around uh, the West Coast, played Vegas a few times. Uh, It was an absolute blast. And uh, the friends I met there are still my friends to today.
2: Oh, that's good. That's good because it's nice to make the connection. But, you know, in any kind of, you know, life choice and career change or anything like that. Yeah, you do have a tendency to sort of lose friends along the way. Most definitely, but yeah, it's quite nice that you've obviously kept in touch. So, uh, what were you actually in the band? So, did you were you like vocalist or did you? Uh, like I was
0: I was bassist way? in that band, uh, but I'm predominantly a rhythm guitarist. I Actually, just filled in for my buddy uh, Cam Mozavian's band, uh, the Overrides, last weekend. We opened up for the U.S. Bombs in Anaheim, which was uh, a real blast for me. I hadn't been on the stage in like five or six years. But yeah, so basically rhythm guitarist.
2: Okay. I did try to teach myself how to play the bass. This was going back quite a few years ago. Because I thought, because in my opinion, I love the bass. That is the sort of heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Or the pulse, maybe, of the band. Because the drums is the heartbeat. And then, you know, without the bass, it can't keep it going if you know what I mean so
0: no definitely i forget the uh, i forget who did the experiment but there was a scientific experiment a few years ago and they said that bass is the most crucial instrument in regards to people paying attention
2: yeah and i suppose that stands for bands like apocalyptica have you ever listened to them is that the uh, the orchestral version of metallica they did do an album cover of metallica ah, songs but they've also com- brought out their own songs as well Oh, cool. Yeah. So they are, it's a double bass, a violin, and I want to say an oboe. Okay. So a stand up bass for yourself. Um, sure. We call them double basses. And, uh, yeah. And they just, they create such, you know, awesome music, like metal music. Sure. They're only, they're not using typical band instruments. So yeah, I really like them.
0: Oh no, that's that's amazing. I remember listening to that album, I think I might have been in high school, um, but yeah, I, I think stringed instruments when playing metal, it's, it's a real atmosphere that you can't capture any other kind of way.
2: No, definitely. I agree. So I'm just going to, I've got wet wipes here at the moment, so I'm just um, happily dowsing myself in wet wipes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've got both my ACs on today and uh, yeah I started them this morning so hopefully I can fend off the 102 as long as possible today.
2: Yeah I think that's a good call. So how do you guys cope in that heat? Uh,
0: You bitch and you moan and then you drink.
2: Okay well so basically like I'm doing then. (laughs)
0: Yes (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) yeah because all day I mean to be fair I've been at work all day so we've had our aircon on but Every time I sort of stepped out of the office, because um, I'm a smoker, so every time I stepped out of the office to have like a cigarette or whatever, I was just coming back in going, oh, <laughs> I'm exhausted from the heat, you know?
0: What's the humidity out there? Is it crazy? Because at least LA is like a dry heat, you know? It, it's different when you walk out to like a 95% humidity and it's like you took a shower all over again, you know what I mean? Like,
2: yeah. at least
1: it,
0: here it's very dry and deserty.
2: It is pretty damp, to be fair. And where I live, I live by the seaside, so I've got the sea breeze as well, which is a good thing because it keeps it yeah. slightly cooler, but also totally. you've got the, the saltiness of the sea breeze that then makes right. it more, yeah, more, you feel more Big. sweatier and horrible. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I'm talking about sweat and horrible stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? eh. <laughs> hey, <fucking> hey. <laughs> Okay, well, I've got a random question for you. So it's kind sure. of going to be all over the place a little bit, but I have got That's a flight structure. <laughs> <laughs> a friend of mine, Mike Bell, asked, would you rather fight a shark that can walk on land or a tiger in a sinking boat?
0: Ooh, uh, shark on land for sure, because like, I don't know how he's going to really get around. I feel like you can just keep your distance from him. But a tiger in a boat, I mean... Yeah, he's going to have one last meal before he goes down and that's going to be me.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Although you could sort of try and tilt the the boat so that he does fall out. That's true. Uh
0: but I don't have that much confidence in myself. <laughs> <laughs> i think i would just freeze and uh and find god real quick
2: (laughs) yeah yeah this being that i well personally i don't believe in but um yeah oh me neither
0: but i'd find him real quick in that instance
2: (laughs) yeah yeah that would be yeah and then he'd be like nah you're all right Hey, um, so what kind of things is it that you do on a, you know, like not on a daily basis? I don't want to know that you get up and brush your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, on a, on a daily basis, what is a typical life of yourself?
0: Uh, I uh, wake up about the same time my wife does. Uh, she usually goes off to set. She's a production coordinator, super successful, way more interesting to talk to than me. Um, but then I kind of fumble out to my kitchen table where I have my computer set up and hooked up to my TV. And I edit one of the probably six projects I have going on right now. And it's just, uh, I choose whichever one has pissed me off the least that week.
2: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I get it.
0: <laughs> Try to forge ahead on the edit.
2: Yeah. And um, so you do, I must, you must do like video editing as well as audio editing. Is that the case?
0: Yeah, yeah. Right now we're doing the uh the Michael Parks doc. I don't know if you heard anything about that. Yeah, um, that
2: was gonna I was gonna bring that up, so but yeah, please yeah. continue. Yeah.
0: But yeah, it's just uh editing a feature is such a massive undertaking and it's so big so much bigger than anything I've ever done before. And to capture a man's life and to bring it in in under two hours so that, you know, the masses can consume it. It's uh Proved to be more daunting than I ever thought it would be, but it's you know it's it's good work if you can get it. I shouldn't
2: complain. No, you're also allowed to complain because you're human, you know. So yeah, I appreciate that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so because everything you know, like, as brilliant as an idea is, you know, when you're putting something into practice, you know, you come across complications that you don't necessarily expect to come across. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, you're allowed to complain. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it's, it's a good place to be having uh, so much information and so many people saying such wonderful things about them that you have to lose some of that rather than struggling to fill two hours. So it's it's yeah. a good problem to have.
2: Yeah, definitely. And a fr- another friend of mine, Ben Gummery, who initially told me about the Michael Parks documentary that you're putting on, uh, and, and you also sent me some information about it. So thank you for that. I was reading it while I was at work you know on my lunch break Should we add? <laughs> <laughs> he wants to know what inspired you to film park's document
0: oh i mean uh i was very close to michael um we met on the set of tusk michael had oh, okay. just had an accident six months prior in new york and he fell down a set of stairs he was he was drunk but he suffered severe brain damage went into a coma and he flew out, I, I think he it took like six months to recover, and six months after that, he was on a plane to North Carolina to do Tusk with uh, Kevin.
2: That's wow. Yeah,
0: no, it's insane. And he was, by reports of his son, I'd say like 30% capacity mentally of what he was before. Because this dude, I mean, he was the most whip-smart, intelligent motherfucker you could ever meet. But when I met him on the set of that, he was obviously quite diminished. He was quite slow, for lack of a better word. Yeah. And uh, Kevin saw that and he saw he was having a hard time getting around the set. So thankfully, Kevin had the trust in me and kind of made me his assistant on that
2: movie. That's a good opportunity for yourself, definitely, as well, isn't it? Totally.
0: And it was so weird at first, because you got this grumpy-ass old man, give me a cigarette. (laughs) And then you got me, who's just, you know, tattooed with green hair, looked like a fucking moron. And we just go powing around. Eventually, we just became really good friends. And we'd sit smoking cigarettes in his trailer, and he'd say something like, you know, my buddy Lenny never really liked the cops that much. I'm like, lenny he's like yeah lenny i'm like do you mean lenny bruce he's like yeah i said lenny aren't you listening to me and he would just like he wasn't bragging about these friends but like he was just talking about them as there were people and he was talking about johnny cash and lenny bruce and martin luther king and as i was sitting there i was just like i started writing down these stories and i don't really know why i was doing it at the time but uh you know, I, I think looking back, I was kind of subconsciously just documenting it because I knew I wanted to capture it in some form.
2: Yeah, and also when inspiration strikes, you should go for it as well, shouldn't you? Totally, so, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm going to have to ask, I'm so sorry to ask, but who is Lenny Bruce?
0: Oh, I'm sorry, Lenny Bruce is a comedian in the 1950s, uh, early 60s. He uh, basically paved the, re- the way for a lot of freedom of speech in America. And he was the direct precursor to George Carlin. He was George Carlin's biggest influence.
2: Oh, brilliant. I love George Carlin. Yes. yes. Or yeah, we should say that as a past tense, but I don't know, you know, when people pass, I think you should still love them as equally. And their work is
0: still there. So I I feel present tense is equally, is equally fine. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, he, he was definitely very funny and, you know, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, so it, with regards to, like, seeing him in the films, you know. Sure. Oh, brilliant. yeah.
0: Hey, I love Jersey Girl. I think it's a fucking fantastic movie.
2: It's actually one of my favorite Kevin Smith films.
0: Did you listen to the uh, episode of uh, Soapbox Office where we talked to Kevin about it?
2: I haven't listened to that one. I have listened to your latest one, ah. which I can't remember the name of it yet. Yeah, but you, uh, you should
0: check out the uh, the Jersey Girl one because Kevin talks for like an hour and a half about a movie that most people shit on, so he finally gets a chance to not have to feel so guarded and like he can actually talk about it, you know, in a good good sense.
2: Yeah, and I don't understand why people do shit on it because it was a beautiful film that he put together. It's not a typical Kevin Smith type film. Right,
0: but that's, that's not the, a bad thing necessarily.
2: No, but then you can say the same that Tusk isn't the same and oh, Red State isn't the same.
0: 100%, yeah, I mean... It, he definitely did a certain kind of movie for a while, so I guess people get you know in tune with that. But breaking out of a mold is never a bad thing, and I think it was no. just that time and place with like Ben Affleck and J Lo, and like it was oversaturation in the media. Um, but yeah, people unnecessarily tore that movie apart, and it's fucking fantastic.
2: And uh, you know the you know the little girl. Um, oh yeah, I forget. I forget her actress, name too. Isn't isn't yeah. Uh Oh, uh, well, maybe I could Google it, but uh, I'll Google it while I'm telling the story. But she was I I, I came over to New York uh, a couple of years back, and I went to watch a podcast being recorded. So in the sense, it was like a live on the on the on the stage podcast. Sure. And she was actually one of the special guests. Oh, that's cool. And it was insane because, like, an, an weirdest place to talk to her because I was talking to her as we were queuing for the toilet <laughs> or the restroom. Right. But I was just chatting away with her, and she hasn't changed one. You know, like looks wise, she hasn't changed one bit. She looks exactly like the the little girl in Jersey Girl. Oh wow,
0: that's cool.
2: Yeah. So it was it was a very surreal moment, especially when you're like obviously waiting for the like I said the loo or the toilet or. Uh, do you know? Every time I'm saying something, I'm thinking that's a very British word. I need to translate it.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, it's totally fine. I've been out to London. Uh, you know, I I, I spent a lot of time in Australia, so I'm used to uh, yeah. used to all the lingo.
2: Oh, well, that's all right then. So I haven't got to worry too much. Nah, no, you're good. <laughs> the la- the lavatory. The lavatory. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I like to put on a British accent as well. <laughs> so. <laughs> when I was looking through the websites that you that you sent me I noticed that the Osborne's podcast came up yeah. is that are you the editor of that podcast uh
0: I am the editor slash uh sound recorder so uh, I I am everything but the producer the engineer I think is the the correct way to put it
2: Okay, and are you there when you're when they're actually recording it? Oh, yeah,
0: 100%. If you listen to episode seven, you can listen to Ross Halfen, who's a very famed uh, photographer, Tear Me A New Ass. from.
2: Oh, that I past. remember. Yep,
0: that's me. Like- that's my
1: dose.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, because I actually do listen to that, uh, did listen to that podcast. Obviously, it's taking a little break at the moment, but... Yeah, like, I was thinking, that poor guy. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: that's me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, bless you. <laughs> are they as crazy as, uh, as people think they are?
0: Well, first off, I don't think that we... We may or may not do a second season. Uh, they've all got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, yeah. I hope it continues, but if they do continue, I'm definitely there. Are they crazy? I mean not really you get them in a room and they're just the sweetest kindest people uh the first time i met ozzy he looked at me he's like what are you some kind of love child i should know of i was just like oh my <laughs> god he thinks i could be his
2: <laughs> i think everybody deep down wants ozzy is a dad right they?
0: but yeah, yeah. No, i mean and jack <laughs> is so incredibly sweet and like jack and uh And, uh, oh, God, what's her name? Um, Kelly? Yes, Kelly. Thank you. Uh, They had to do some re-records a few times on some ads that, like, didn't work out. So they came over to my house and recorded them. There's no sense of, like, entitlement. Like, they're just really good people. I don't know if, like, the reputation comes from, like, you know, a reality show only picking and choosing insane moments.
2: That's probably, that is probably it, isn't it? Because it's for entertainment purposes only. Yeah, it's And also, it had to be... Obviously, I've had a normal upbringing in comparison to Jack and Kelly, but having, well, I suppose it's their normal um, upbringing, but, you know, like having that kind of lifestyle that they're going on a tour bus and the fact Ozzy's who he is and Sharon's who she is, you know, I don't know, just have to be really crazy upbringing. Oh, totally.
0: And for people to end up as normal uh, as they have, like, I mean, how fucking insane is that that really speaks i think to their character like you put me in that situation i'd be a little bastard like i'd probably have hiv and be on heroin right now you know what i mean like Mm. to have that level of stuff available to you and to come out all the better for it i I i really like those guys a lot
2: yeah Yeah, they do seem like a really nice family. So, and everybody fights, don't they? Oh yeah. I don't know if you've got any siblings, but I've got an older brother and you know, we play fight more than real fight because there's quite an age gap between the two of us. Sure. There's 11 year age gap. So yeah, we've never sort of had that two teenagers in one house kind of ah yeah problem yeah i think that's where a lot
0: of stuff erupts i'm an only child myself
2: ah okay so you get all of the love yes
0: (laughs) or all (laughs) of the hate depending on how you see it
2: (laughs) well yeah i'm sure it's i'm sure it swings and roundabouts (laughs) (laughs) and we were talking about your your podcast as well was it like Kevin Smith who inspired you to do the podcast or was that just something that you just felt like you needed to do?
0: Um, Honestly, you know, I I think it's just, it's a good way for me and we're on hiatus right now, but we're going to be coming back uh, pretty heavy here in the next month or so. Uh, But it's, it's just a good way for me to keep outputting something creative because if I'm not, I know it sounds fucking pretentious, but if I'm not being creative and making something, I start to get like depressed and kind of sink into like alcoholism, which like I, you know, I, I definitely drink, but like I, I kind of get dark when I'm not creating stuff. So I, th- I think it's just, it was a good outlet for me for a long time when I didn't have so much work going on to kind of keep me inspired and keep me neutral and keep me happy and now that we've got so much going on, it's kind of taken a back seat for the time being. Uh, but work's about to calm down once this documentary is done. So we're going to get back at it.
2: Yeah. And that's the thing with the podcast, isn't it? It can have a break and then you come back to it when you as and when you can. Totally. Because Kevin Smith Im- inspired me to do this podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah. Him and Tell Him, Steve Dave. Oh, yeah. 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 Those cats are nice. Yeah. I absolutely love that podcast to the point that I've actually got tattoos I've got an ant tattoo on my wrist and I've actually got Kevin Smith and Ralph <laughs> tattooed on my leg. Oh, that's <laughs> so, cool. Hell
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, so I'm a crazy tattooed girl as well as everything else. Oh, hey, I got <laughs> I
0: got Kevin and Jay tattooed on my arm uh, smoking a joint with a koala from my Australian tour that I did with them. <sighs> and uh, yeah, no, so I'm right there with you.
2: Oh, brilliant. Well, if we ever meet one day, we'll have to compare tattoos. Totally. Because I've got Jay on one leg. Basically, on my leg, I've got... Is what I actually look. I've got. Tell him Steve, Dave at the top. So I've got Brian Quinn, Brian Johnson, Walt Flanagan. Then I've got Silent Bob and Jay. Okay. Because that represents Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back podcast. Okay. Then I've got Ralph and Kevin for Hollywood Babylon, and then of course the Bat Signal as well. Because nice. I had it. I had it done when. um Oh my God! I've completely forgotten his name, and I feel terrible about. Talk terrible about it. Ah, you're fun. No, I mean because he died. Um, oh, Adam West. Ah, copy. Yeah. So when um, yeah, that was sort of going on when Adam West uh, died. So I thought you know, as a little tribute to him. That's cool.
0: Nice. Yeah. I uh, I met Brian Quinn once. He was uh, I was it was back at the Lovitz days, uh, and he did an episode of I think it's they don't do it anymore. It's called Space Monkeys.
2: That's the one. Yeah. Yes.
0: And uh, they were running around fucking like insane people it was so fun and i was doing stage cam so they would run up and like make faces in the camera and almost knock me over i had an absolute blast shooting those cats
2: <laughs> i can imagine that it would have been to be honest especially if brian quinn was drinking yeah, yeah which oh, i imagine oh, he was, was. yeah <laughs> but, uh, but yeah that
0: never got released that always that always upset me hopefully one day that can see the light of day
2: well they're actually on patreon now Oh, okay. Uh, As of, uh, actually, of the 4th of July. So, oh, yeah, happy Independence Day, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, Well, belated, (laughs) you know what I mean. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so they're actually on Patreon now, and they're going to be releasing Space Monkeys episodes. Oh, good. Good for them. So hopefully, yeah, it will be able to be, uh, you know, like the episode that you recorded and also the UK ones as well, because we never got to hear them either. Oh, so. totally. I'll
0: get in touch with them and I'll send them the uh, send them a video of that because it was a great show.
2: Yeah, that would be good, because I'm sure there's a lot of people that would love to see that.
0: Yeah, so totally. I've got all the like, I've got like 12 SMOD hard drives in my bedroom that we use for like Babel vision and stuff.
2: I can give you my email if you want me to pass anything on. <laughs> <Will too. laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> what is it you're actually editing today?
0: Right now, I'm editing the EPK, uh, which is electronic press kit for Charlie Says, the new Matt Smith.
2: Oh, okay.
0: It's uh, Matt Smith plays Charlie Manson. Uh, he did a uh-huh. fucking fantastic job. He's so fucking creepy in it. But we're editing the EPK, which is essentially when it goes to film festivals. This this video would get screened for potential buyers that has like the talent, uh, the director, the writers, the actors, telling the camera why they feel so passionate about this movie, and it basically it's a sales tool for distributors.
2: Oh wow! But that yeah, that does sound really good because as creepy as obviously Charles Manson was. You know whether whether you call him a serial killer or not, you know because I know that it's very much on the fence that he technically didn't kill anybody. Sure, but still classed in my book. You know he would brainwash people into doing it, so he still is. Well, and that's the
0: really cool thing about this movie. Charlie says is from the it takes uh, like the experience of the girls. Uh, as they come into the cult and then afterwards, like it actually follows them afterwards into the jails and it, and it chronicles their like kind of deep brainwashing by, I forget the, uh, the doctor's name, but basically she worked with these girls for years and it, it's, it's the female perspective of it uh, rather than like, you know, the another crazy Charlie Manson movie. So it's kind of cool to work on. It's do- uh, done by Mary Heron who did American psycho.
2: Ah, Okay. Yeah. Cause I like that film as well. Was that the original? Was that the, because there's a remake of that one, wasn't there?
0: Oh, th- yeah, I guess there was, wasn't there? Yeah, th- this is the original.
2: Have you ever seen Aquarius? I have not. Oh, okay, because that's on, well, it's on UK Netflix, so I assume it would be on the American version. Oh, is that Mary's show? Uh, No, it's um basically, it's got um David Duchovny in it. Oh, yes. And I love David Duchovny. Yes, <laughs> <So, laughs> you know, anything with him in it. Sure. Um, But, but it's all about Charlie Manson. And it's all about kind of his story, but kind of flowered up, okay, but this program, yeah it it kind of kind of makes as a viewer it kind of makes you feel a little bit bad because you suddenly start feeling sorry for Charlie Manson, okay. you're almost like sat there thinking, why do I feel bad for this person who was so horrible? Sure. It's hard to kind of, you know, hard to kind of get your head around. So it's a bit twisted in that sense. Well, so.
0: I, I like stuff like that. I mean, you know, monsters aren't created overnight. They're not necessarily even born monsters. Sometimes, like, really bad shit happens to them, and then they become monsters.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, That would be a recommendation. So if you ever get five minutes to yourself.
0: <laughs> I, hopefully next week I will.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, uh, is there any plan for next week or is it just because you're hopeful that next week you will <laughs> I, i'm just
0: hoping that next week i get uh, a, a chance to see a movie in a theater i don't know if i will this this weekend or not
2: no what, what's your plan to go and see uh
0: i want to see won't you be my neighbor the new uh fred rogers documentary you guys oh yeah yeah okay I got-
2: um yeah i know i know of it because i listened to the ralph report oh well, okay so I've heard Ralph talk about it a few times, so.
0: Have you seen the commercial we did for him?
2: Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I absolutely love that. That was so funny. We got two more of
0: them coming, so I think next week they might release the next
2: one. Okay. Well, the Doctor one was fantastic. Uh, that was it, so funny.
0: It's all going to be Doctor ones, but it's it's more like just goofiness and silliness in the same way.
2: Yeah. And it was just Kevin at the end. <laughs> you know, <laughs> three bucks. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it took me a while to find
0: that sad puppy video, but when I did, I was like, oh, that's totally going in.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely, because, yeah, it kind of does sound, it does look like one of those, um, those adverts for, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, National Bunchbox. Dog Society. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, I didn't know you did that, so. Yep,
0: that was me. Me and my, my yeah. friends. Uh, Matt Rowbottom, Andrew Heberlin, Mitch Cleaver, and my wife, uh, Livia Roush.
2: And she's a very beautiful lady as well. Well, thank you.
0: She's, she's a very lucky girl.
2: <laughs> what, lucky, lucky to be married to yourself? Yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you've called yourself
0: <laughs> very self-deprecating.
2: Yeah. Well maybe you shouldn't maybe you should stop because obviously to get you know well first of all to get a beautiful lady like her, then you know, there must be something very, very good about you, which I can see, you know, that there would be.
1: Well, that's very <laughs> sweet
0: of you to say.
2: Yeah. And also, there's plenty of other people in the world that will put you down, so you've gotta be your own advocate. So
0: an excellent point.
2: Yes. <laughs> I'm getting very serious now. I think the wine's kicking in. <laughs> 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 I have got another listener question as well. Sure. What advice would you give to break into the industry that is so far away from taking risks? So what he means by that is artistic merit is lost. YouTube and other platforms give opportunity. But the percentage percentages, well, he's got a percentage sign. So I guess it's percentages. say you will be lost in the heap definitely
0: yeah i mean youtube has given everybody a voice but when everybody has a voice is anything worth listening to i mean i I totally that's a good question as far as quote-unquote breaking into the actual film industry uh i you know gave up 10 years of my life working on the side uh taking gigs as i could get them you know sometimes working at bookstores uh, sometimes just living on government loans Uh, To be able to have the chance to do what I'm doing today So my advice to everybody who ever wants to break into this industry is say goodbye to 10 years of your life And be prepared to take odd jobs and to volunteer on film sets and volunteer For talent and volunteer and, and pick up, you know, buy a $800 DSLR And start shooting stuff yourself and after 10 years you'll be lucky if you get the opportunity um, you know, this, this industry, I, 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 had a divorce once upon a time, you know, it's, you, you have to be ready to bleed and you have to be okay with bleeding and you have to know that you're going to bleed for 10 years. And if you're okay with that, um, A, see a psychologist, like psychologist <laughs> and, uh, and, and B, uh, you know, just start
2: now. Yeah. Go for it. I suppose as well, isn't it? So yeah, totally. it is. Yeah, I can, I can see why people would be very intimidated by that kind of career though, because there is a lot of people out there who are trying to do the same sort of thing. So yeah, you've just got to, you've just got to try and just go for it. Like I, like I keep saying, haven't you? So
0: yeah and, and i mean you know it's not for a lot of people but a lot of people want to be in it you have to be willing to give up everything at some point in order to do it. i know that's not a happy answer it's not always the like everybody should get into an answer but i i feel like that's the truth of it uh just because like my successful friends they did the exact same thing
2: yeah and in a way what is the point in sugarcoating it as well because you know you, you, you know when you see like an actor or an actress on the t v you like when you're younger, you kind of think, "Oh, I'd love to do that," but then as you grow up and you become an actor and you read articles about them and you see how much you know they're in the public eye and how stressful their lives can be, you kind of totally what you kind of do is have a step back and you think, "Oh, hold on totally."
0: And and Justin Long says it really well in my documentary. You know, everybody, a lot of people get into the, get into acting specifically to become famous, whereas people like Michael Parks did it and he pissed off so many people because he didn't care about fame. He just wanted to turn in a good product. Uh, That's why more people should get into acting because you have something to say. And I think that's like any film or movie or music. You should feel the need to express yourself more than feeling the need to like, hey, I want to. I want to be famous one day.
2: Just going back to the documentary, what is the most interesting thing that you have actually found out about Michael Parks that you didn't know before? Or would you rather not say? Oh no,
0: I mean I I very open about uh I I think everything should be talked about anytime that the word Michael Parks comes out of somebody's mouth all the better. Yeah. Um I didn't know the sheer amount of loss that he had. He had uh, a daughter uh, adopted daughter hit by a car when she was 6 years old I want to oh say my God. um yeah and she died he had his second wife Jan uh, OD'd on pills six days after they got married. Oh, my
2: goodness. Uh,
0: he lost his first daughter, who they were estranged. Uh, she was in Iran, and somebody came in, broke into the car, shot her daughter in the face, and then shot her in the face. Um, it's it, And it goes on. Like That's not even the end of the list. The, the sheer amount of loss that he had in his life and the ability to just get back on that horse and to go again... Um, I think that was something that I found inspirational, but that I didn't necessarily know going into it.
2: Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't – yeah, I I definitely didn't know any of that either. So it's interesting when you sort of dig deep into things, what you actually do discover, isn't it? And it, it proves the fact that even though a person's smiling on the outside doesn't mean that they're necessarily smiling on the inside, you know?
0: Yeah, and he came to set every day, like, you know, I think weeks after some of these things happened, and he put on his game face and he went. So nobody ever kind of knew about these these hardships that he had to endure.
2: That has actually blown my mind about that, basically. Right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Who's involved in this project as well? Obviously yourself.
0: Uh, so Kevin is producing it, um, which is amazing to have his support. My buddy Mitch Cleaver, who does the Soapbox Office podcast with me, he's shooting it. Okay, brilliant. My wife, Olivia, is producing it. My buddy, Matt Robottom is co-producing or so- ass-prodding it, as we say, associate producing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I definitely ass-prodding, I like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I forget what his label is uh, at the moment, but like we also have... Uh, you know, it's, we've developed a group of friends throughout the years out here, um, you know, J.C. Reifenberg, Andrew Heberlin, all these people, if they're not directly involved, they've lent gear out, we lend gear to each other. We've got this really close circle of friends that, like, you know, kind of uh, are, are all willing to fight and die for each other's, you know, career. So it's it's kind of cool. Sorry, that's a long-winded answer to a very easy
2: question. No, it's okay. <laughs> Do you know, I find it absolutely fascinating because I really like, I actually do like the idea of films, but I like the idea of the behind the scene films and everything like that. So I do actually find all this kind of thing fascinating. So please feel free to carry on. Cool. Thank you. (laughs) Uh,
0: But it's also cool. We got the support of his family. So, you know, his sister has been involved. Um, His daughter has been an absolute cheerleader. Uh, His son, James Parks, you know, he's, he's been a huge inspiration. He's given up so many days of his life, you know, for this documentary. It's, yeah, there's a lot of support behind the scenes, and it's, it's thank God there is, because I don't know how I'd be able to edit it if there wasn't. No, <laughs>
2: and that's good, because obviously there seems to be a lot of support behind it, you know, in, this, in the sense that there's a lot of people that want this to happen. Totally. But that's good. You picked a good topic. What's the strangest situation that you've ever been in in LA? Oh,
0: man. Uh, I don't know if I should say the name. But there's a very famous actress uh, from years ago. You know what? Fuck it. Angie Dickinson. Oh, okay. I'm just going to go ahead and say this. She's she's an older actress. She's very famous. Dated Frank Sinatra. Dated a lot of those people back in the day. And through a series of miscommunications on email, uh, basically, I didn't show up to her house to shoot because I couldn't get a hold of her to confirm. Now, I'm a big guy with tattoos. I don't want to show up on your door stoop unless I'm invited. Yeah. Now- she took that as me blowing her off, even though I called, I had emailed and everything else. So I got a very fuck you letter from a very famous actress. <laughs> and, and I've tried to smooth it over a hundred times from Sunday because her and Michael were good friends. But no matter what I say, no matter what I do, I basically get another fuck you response. So that's pretty awkward.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I suppose you've tried it all probably, haven't you? Uh
0: Everything other than showing up on her door stoop with my wife behind me, roses in my hand, and a bottle of wine in my hand. I've tried everything in my power to smooth it over.
2: Oh, maybe you could do that then as the last thing. You know, you've got to... That
0: is, that is the last resort. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you've got to give it your all.
0: <laughs> yep. Agreed
2: <laughs> Yeah it depends how much you want this lady In the documentary doesn't it
0: <laughs> Well, And it's it's a shame because she was Very close friends with Michael She fought for his career quite a few times When she had her TV show Police Woman, She had him on as a guest twice Just to get him you know a check So she would be crucial to it So I just have to take the time And go down to her I don't even know if I can get inside her gate honestly But just you know knock on the front of whatever And apologize my ass off Or something i didn't do
2: (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i think once you explain you know that you just didn't want to sort of like i don't know frighten her i don't know because i've you know like i'm in the like i said earlier i'm in the heavy metal scene so i know for a fact that when people are dressed up in leathers or they've got tattoos or they've got long hair or you know the you know the typical appearance that they're actually puppy dogs inside. They're just trying to keep people at bay in a way. Totally. I'm totally with you on that. Yeah. But then there are people that don't realize that. So you almost feel like you have to explain yourself, don't you? Totally. And
0: I, and I apologized and I told her exactly that. Um, I don't know if she's just unwilling to hear it. I don't know what it is, but she doesn't seem very interested in, uh, in, in being in the documentary anymore.
2: Oh, bless. Well, hopefully you sound like you've got an awful lot of material anyway so
0: oh definitely we've got so many people that came out of the uh you know out of the woodwork to be part of this so it's it's still fine
2: yeah so if you did lose her then it's not probably not the end of the world i mean it'd be ideal if you can get her but not the end of the world
0: 100 percent.
2: and um what other podcasts do you have dealings with
0: Let's see. Um, not that many at the moment. Um, I was helping out with, uh, it was something on the environment. I forget the name of it. I basically kind of demoed their pilot and then kind of gave them the tools to do it themselves. Um, the Osborns podcast is on hold. Babel vision is my, or Babylon is my main one. I think that's really just about it at the moment, but I do kind of come and go a lot. So it's there's nothing on my plate at the moment as far as like other podcasts
2: yeah, uh, but then you could turn your back one minute and then there'll be another 10 lined up for you sort of
1: thing. 100%. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I get that. Definitely. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I keep going all over the place, but like, I'm just, I'm it's totally fine. Sort of improvising questions as I'm thinking, because I've never been to LA, but it's somewhere that I'd love to go. Sure. So what was your first impression? of Los Angeles when you actually arrived when you said you were 19? Was that right?
0: Yeah, I was 19, and I lived for the first five or seven years in Orange County. I really don't like LA at all. It's kind of filled with vacant people. Uh, there's nothing but traffic. Um, it's it's pretty smoggy. There's not a lot positive going on here, but it's just where the work is. Yeah. So It's kind of a, a necessary evil to, to be out here. But my my impressions were all of those negative things when I first came up from Orange County to see LA
2: <laughs> so yeah it's, this, it's like the smog of uh, like in my opinion well it's not smog of London anymore that doesn't really exist but because right. I'm from a small town when I go to London it's like I go on the underground, you know, and then when you, like, you blow your nose or whatever, and then you've got black under your nose, and it's like, ugh. (laughs) Totally,
0: (laughs) yeah. yeah.
2: And then, you know, I'm here, and... Just Hay Fever is making my eyes stream and everything like that, but I'd still take that over pollution, so... 100%.
0: Uh, But there's a lot of good shows that come through L.A., you know? Like, uh, there's a lot of good bands and stuff that you wouldn't get in other places, so there are positives to it.
2: Yeah, so the, like, social scene is quite good, is it?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, Nick Cave is about to tour through here in October. I can't wait for that. Um, There's a lot of good bands that come, like... Yeah, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to shoot pretty big bands and small venues out here. There's a lot of opportunities to see stuff and be part of stuff that just don't exist other places.
2: Oh, brilliant. If you could choose anywhere in the world where you'd want to move to, would it be LA or would there be a different place you'd want to move to?
0: It would be, uh, I'd have to probably be out of the industry at that point, but Melbourne, Australia, yeah. uh, there's not a lot of humidity, the temperature's great, the, the entire uh, you know social scene out there revolves around music, um, there's live bands every night, I love Melbourne, Australia.
2: So is that where uh, Olivia is from? She is from
0: Adelaide, okay. uh, Australia, but she's also spent time in Sydney and Melbourne. And when we first met, I believe she was living in Melbourne.
2: Ah, okay. So obviously that's, uh, you know, that's quite a good thing as well, isn't it? Because like if she's, if she's been there, so she, she knows quite a few good places to go and places. To oh, go.
0: totally. Yeah. yeah. It's always nice to have a local. Yeah,
2: Definitely. Have you seen many films like this month, the last couple of months? Oh
0: God, yeah! I try to go out to the theater at least once or twice a week. Um, I, I definitely, you know, when I'm editing, there's probably CNN on. But when I <laughs> when I'm editing something low maintenance, there's always a movie on. Yeah, I try to see at least like five or six films a week if I can.
2: Oh, well, that's good. Have you seen Deadpool too?
0: I did see Deadpool too. Um, I liked it a bit, quite a bit. I, I don't think it said anything new that yeah. hadn't been said before, but what do you really expect from Deadpool 2? So it was a great time.
2: Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Because like I thought, because I love Deadpool, the fact that like the first one was a, uh, it kind of shocked you a little bit. Oh, more. yeah. Yeah, so this one was never going to be exactly the same yeah. as number one. But yeah, I 100%. think equally it was good. But at the end as well, he said Cod's Wallop which this podcast is called Talking God's Wallop. So I was, oh that's cool. I was like oh, that's a little bit of promotion you know pu- um, publication for me. <laughs> nice. that's cool. Yeah so uh, all I've got to do is try and work out how to use that against uh, to my advantage now
0: <laughs> uh, Well take an audio clip from it and put that in your promo. That
2: would be my advice. Oh yeah, I might do that actually. Give that a whirl. I better well. <laughs> I did. I did take one from the cinema. You know. Shh. Okay. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, but maybe when it comes out on DVD, I'll actually do a proper one because it's there hard. You go. To, it's kind of hard to hear. So. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm gonna let you go. But thank you ever so much for speaking with me.
0: Well, thank you very much for having me on your show.
2: You're absolutely welcome. And anytime, uh, well, unless I'm asleep, then you can't. (laughs) 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 But before you go, did you want to tell people where you can be found on social media, your websites and whatnot? I I really should
0: get better at shameless self-promotion. But uh, you, you can find just about everything at... Anticurrent.com, A-N-T-I-C-U-R-R-E-N-T. That's pretty much everything I do. Uh, If you want to catch catch the podcast, that's soapboxoffice.com. If you want to catch what's uh, going on with the documentary, that's parkstock.com. And, uh, yeah, that's about all the, the promotion I have, I think.
2: Yeah, apart from your Twitter, that was the only thing you haven't given. Ah, yes, I'm at Josh Roush on your Facebook so- everything. Oh, sorry, yeah, social security. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: 275. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, if you can give your Twitter again, because I interrupted, so I apologize. Oh, you're totally fine. Uh, I'm at Josh Roush
0: on Twitter, Instagram. If there is a social media that, you know, exists and I'm not at Josh Roush, Please draw my attention to it so I can nab it up real quick. Okay.
2: <laughs> so are you on Instagram? You're on Facebook? <laughs> Absolutely everything. Okay. What about MySpace? I'm very with
0: it, as a kids say.
2: <laughs>
0: I actually, yeah, I think I am at Josh Rush on MySpace. At least I used to be.
2: <laughs> oh, I miss MySpace. It used to be one of my favorites.
0: It was great for music.
2: Yes. Yeah, definitely for promotion. So. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm going to let you go. And again, like I said, thank you ever so much for this opportunity. It's been lovely talking to you
0: oh, it's been great talking to you. Hit me up anytime.
2: Yeah. And before you actually physically go, I'm going to, I'm going to turn the camera on just so that you okay. can see how you've been recorded. Like just because I've had um, wet wipes all over me. Okay. <laughs> and I think you might giggle. Hi. <laughs> 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 That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Cause I've absolutely been boiling. So <laughs> hello again. <laughs> you do what you gotta do, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because I've just been sat, I hear like oh. <laughs> so yeah so that's why um yeah I wasn't overly able to think because I'm just like I'm so hot <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough no it was great it was a great interview well done thank you very much of course thank you well I appreciate it and let's uh, yeah we'll definitely do it again whenever you've got a minute or two so
0: sounds great hit me up anytime okay
2: well I'll wave goodbye now
1: Bye. Bye.